athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. As always, thank you for joining me on another edition of Box to Row. It is the big game weekend, Kansas City and San Francisco. And look, I'm going to give you my prediction today here on the program in terms of who I'm going to, who I think will win this year's big game and also why I think that team will win this big game. We're going to talk a little bit about that on today's program. Look, jam-packed today here on Box to Row. Got uh, quite a few guests that are going to join us today here on the program. As a matter of fact, North Carolina A&T, the Lady Aggie Women's Basketball Program, is in the top 25 of the mid-major poll, which is very big for the Lady Aggies. As a matter of fact, the other two schools, uh, Jackson State is one of them in terms of the HBCU schools and Norfolk State. Norfolk, Norfolk State has a very, very good program, as a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, uh, Norfolk has a very good program. We knew Jackson State for years had a good program. We also knew for years or know for years that North Carolina A&T, the Lady Aggies, have a good program. As a matter of fact, on a on a major streak right now, uh, in a tie for first place in the CAA, Terrell Robinson is in his 12th season as the head women's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T. He's going to join us today here on Box to Row. Looking forward to that conversation. Ch- uh, Grambling State, and you talk about SWAC basketball and Jackson State, uh, right? Or excuse me, Grambling State playing some pretty good basketball right now. When you look at, you know, Grambling and you look at Southern is at the top and you look at Texas Southern starting to really make uh, a move right now. Well, Dante Jackson has done a tremendous job. As a matter of fact, had a chance to see in the SWAC championship. You know, last year was the first year I had a chance to be at the SWAC championship game and uh, tournament, that is. And I had a chance to watch Grambling and Texas Southern go toe-to-toe. Texas Southern came out uh, on top. But those two teams, along with Southern, who is playing well right now, will be battling, okay, will be battling for that top spot to end the regular season. And then you know those two teams or those three teams will be battling also when it comes to the SWAC tournament. Dante Jackson the head men's basketball coach at, uh, at of course, Grambling. At, of course, Grambling going to join us today here on the program as well. Look, I'm also looking forward to another conversation um, as a matter of fact, okay? And uh, you talk about Morehouse 
and Morehouse, the men, uh, the men are playing extremely, extremely well right now. So Douglas Whitler, and he was a former player uh, at Morehouse. He's also going to join us today here on the program. So very much looking forward to today's program here and uh, really uh, talking uh, talking with you today here on the program. Uh, look, we got the big game. I, I want to talk some recruiting, okay, just briefly, okay, because what we used to do, and it, and it really just got to, it, it was just a lot of work. And now uh, when you talk about recruiting, recruiting, and when you talk about football, a, a couple of things. Number one, a lot of the recruiting now is done in uh, the, the recruiting or the signing day. I forget which day, but it's in like the middle of December. So that's when you can first sign recruits. It used to be the first Wednesday in February was the main signing day. Now more of the main signing day. Uh, it, well, and I don't even want to call December the main signing day, and I'll tell you why. I think that December is the initial signing period, okay? And and there's a particular day I think that it begins, and a, a lot of schools release their, their recruiting classes, and then you have uh, the one in, De- in, uh, in February, which, of course, is the first Wednesday in the month of February. It has been for so long, and of course, uh, so we're talking about that happening uh, just a couple of days ago in terms of the February signing period. I think both I don't you know, it's not that December is the main day. February, uh, certainly in terms of recruiting, has lost a bit of its luster because of December. But I really think they balance each other out because while schools initially are going to send out releases in December, they ultimately have to send out a release uh, in February, too, for some of those new recruits that are now coming into the program. And a lot of times what the schools will do is they'll say, okay, these are our signees from the initial signing period in December. And then now this is the class in February and put both classes together in February anyway, at least at the uh, Division I uh, HBCU level. And so regardless, I had a chance, and, 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 you know, it's something we used to do here uh, at Box to Row. We used to rank the recruiting classes for the FCS HBCU programs. As a matter of fact, we did it all the way up until 2022. And because of, and let me just say this, and, 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 and I'll give you an example. A couple of classes that I saw. I didn't see all of the classics because I'm not into it as much, and I'll get to around to seeing uh, the classes. I'm not into it as much as I used to be. But I'm going to tell you what. Um, I thought North Carolina A&T's class, from what I saw, was solid. It addressed all of the needs that A&T had. A&T had needs on the defensive line. A&T had needs at the wide receiver spot. A&T had some needs on the offensive line. And remember, A&T lost three quarterbacks, signed three new quarterbacks to go along with who I think is the presumptive starter, uh, who was a true freshman last year in K.J. White. He, he was playing well before he got injured. So I thought A&T addressed a lot of its needs. But, you know, I thought Jackson State did a really, really good job. And if I was re- ranking recruiting classes, 
to me, Jackson State would have been up there near the top. And the way that I used to do it, and we used to do it here at Box to Row, it wasn't all about the stars. And by the way, um, when I saw Jackson State's class, they had one four-star kid and a bunch of three-star kids. But what I really liked about Jackson State's class of the 25 signees, 14 of them were high school kids. So you look at Jackson State looking at the future, okay, because, look, you can sign kids from the portal. As a matter of fact, they signed five or six kids from the portal. Like I mentioned, 14 were um, high school kids, and then the rest were JUCO kids, which I think is great because the way recruiting used to be, you used to have high school kids, then your JUCO kids were your main kids, and then you had what we call portal kids now, but what we may have called back in the day, you know, uh, FBS uh, mostly, because you're going to have some, you're going to have some lower, you're going to have some Division Two portal kids as well, uh, but what we used to call mostly FBS or or at one time 1A transfers that were would come into these programs. I thought Jackson State did a great job. In terms of balance, I thought Jackson State did a great job in terms of the needs. Look, I thought Jackson State really had some needs on the offensive line. Now, I didn't watch the offensive line uh, to the point that um, that I would know that, okay, this offensive line is good or it's not good. What I would say is if I looked at the numbers, Jackson State was giving up almost three sacks a game. I know there were also some, you know, some seniors on the offensive line, maybe there were some guys that transferred. In any event, Jackson State signed like six or seven offensive linemen. Some good ones, some future ones, some ones with size, some JUCOs, and some FBS kids. And I thought Jackson State's recruiting class was really, really good. I thought, you know, Jackson State did a really, really good job uh, right there. And as the sort of the weeks go on and the recruiting classes really come in, I know Florida A&M's, uh, you know, had a pretty solid recruiting class from what I saw as well. Tuskegee, I thought, had a solid recruiting class um, as well. Uh, we'll talk more about those recruiting classes. Let's talk about the big game because, as I mentioned, we've got uh, Douglas Whitler, we've got Terrell Robinson, and we've got Dante Jackson who are going to join us in the next three segments uh, to talk about their respective programs. Uh, look, uh, I, I, the, the 49ers have been – Maybe this season, perhaps the second best team in the league uh, next to the Ravens. And I know the Ravens folded prior to the AFC championship game. I mean, uh, prior to the Super Bowl, losing to the Chiefs. I got it. Uh, but look, the when they played head-to-head, meaning the Chiefs and the 49ers, the 49ers, I mean, the, the, the 49ers and the Ravens, the 49ers were beat down by the Ravens. The 49ers, really good football team. And all this talk about Brock Purdy and whether he's a game manager and all of those kind of things. Have you seen him play? Have you seen some of the throws that he's made? Yes, he's got weapons galore, okay, including a pretty good tight end of his own in Kittle, right? I got all that. The guy is more, it, it depends. I guess it depends on how you define game manager. Do you define game manager as someone that, uh, just doesn't make a lot of mistakes, uh, gets the ball to his playmakers, and they make plays. Do you, or is it, or is it a guy who strictly protects the football? However, you define. I, 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 to me, game manager speaks of a negative connotation because it just means it's a guy who, who, um, who is going to get it to it. 
The guy can make the throws. Have you seen him play? He can make the throws. I, you know, I really like, I really like what he's doing. That offense, Kyle Shanahan is brilliant. The defense is really, really good. I mean, I, I think, you know, the defense um, is susceptible because the pass rush, like the pass rush for the 49ers has not been there, okay? So I think the defense is susceptible in some regards, but overall I think it's a really good defense. Obviously the offense is really, really good. You know, I look at the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs has got have gotten it done, and I think the Chiefs are one – look, all, all year and especially – maybe about midway through the season, a lot of the talk was about the Chiefs and what the Chiefs couldn't do and the Chiefs can't do this and they couldn't do this and whatever the case may be and it's not the same Chiefs and all of those kind of things. The one constant about the Chiefs has been that defense. That's number one. And, and uh, of course, you look at Pat Mahomes as the other constant and Travis Kelsey. Now, the running game uh, has been good. We'll see in terms of injuries where that plays out. The wide receiver core maybe hasn't been great, but it's been better as of late. All of that said, all of that said, I like the 49ers to win their first Super Bowl in however many years it's been and to hand the Chiefs a loss in the Super Bowl. Again, still to come here on Box to Row. Uh, we're going to be talking with Dante Jackson, the head men's basketball coach at Grambling. We're going to be talking with Terrell Robinson, the head men's basketball or the head women's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T. But up next, we're going to be talking with Douglas Whitler, the head men's basketball coach at Morehouse. Keep it locked to Box to Row. On the way, it's more of From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Right, 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 right here, right here. Hey there, fellow travelers, it's me, the Hotel Wiz. Before you go anywhere, call me day or night for hotel rates too low to publish. I'll save you up to 75% on over 500,000 hotels across the globe. You see, I've already done the research, so you don't have to spend time online trying to find the best deal. That's up to 75% off. Just call me, the Hotel Wiz. It's a free call, and you get instant access to rates too low to publish with no cancellation fees. Make a free call now and save up to 75% off your hotel rooms the next time you're going somewhere for business or pleasure. Call the Hotel Wiz now and get instant access to rates too low to publish. 800 811-3471 800-811-3471 800-811-3471 Call the Hotel Wiz right now for rates too low to publish at 800-811-3471 the old renaissance is the new renaissance standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction this is the harlem brewing company uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste a sound and a feeling that can only be described in one way harlem style so come and take a trip on the a-train with our harlem sugar hill golden ale and our harlem renaissance whip beer the neighborhood original Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. Now back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. 
the doctor said I need about three weeks of recovery But the nurses is loving me Saying the best part of the day is my half Feeding me breakfast and giving me a sponge We're going to keep things moving here on Box to Row We're joined by a gentleman in his third season As the head men's basketball coach at Morehouse The Maroon Tigers 13-3 and in conference play As a matter of fact, sit atop the SIAC uh, by an advantage of one game in the win column and going to be uh, hosting Edward Waters at home. Doug Whitler, again, the head men's basketball coach at Morehouse, joining us here on Box to Row. What's going on, Coach Whitler? Hey, what's going on? How are you doing today, Don? I'm doing great, man. Your thoughts? I mean, you're 23 games in. You're 16-7, and seven, as I mentioned. One game above Clark Atlanta in the win column in terms of being in first place in the SIAC at 13-3. and three. Your thoughts on the way your team has performed so far this season? You know, it's been an up-and-down season, even though we've won more than we lost. Um, early on, it took us a while to get things together, um, and I just kind of knew that, having a whole new team. Uh, not whole new, but predominantly, we, we, we brought like seven guys in that were new. Um, I got two freshmen who both actually started playing good basketball for us. And we brought a few transfers in um, that we felt could help the program. And, you know, coming in when we started out camp and everything, we, we had turnover problems. And so early in some of the early games, uh, I knew that would be a problem for us. And I knew if we can get that situation, we could play a little better brand of basketball. And so we lost a lot of games earlier um, that I did not expect um, to lose, but I knew it was going to be tough. Um, but but once we turned over, turned around the turnover situation, um, we kind of got things kind of in, in control. And so, you know, we're, we're overall right now, I think we're like 16 and seven. But it's four games that I know I can touch on that I feel like that we, we, we really shouldn't have lost those games. But, you know, that's just how that's how the game is sometime. And, you know, right now coming down the stretch, we're playing a pretty solid solid brand of basketball we're, we're getting key stops and you know the biggest thing is that we're limiting guys to only one shot um and making sure that we get the rebounds and you know making our free throws when it counts so you know we do those things i tell our guys that i like our chances to win if we don't turn the ball over make our free throws um limit teams to one shot making sure that we box out and rebound um and then just try to execute on the offensive end the best that we can um and, you know, I pretty much like our chances and, and the outcomes of the game. And you've won four straight games. I got to ask you about this. It's it's weird, right? Like in the last 11 days, you played four games. You started off with Albany – you started off with, excuse me, Fort Valley State, then back-to-back games against Albany State, and then your last game was against Fort Valley. Like I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah, so the conference, they've done that um, maybe like the last three years. This is like the third year. And so once we get to this point, they, they kind of matches up with because you can have kind of have like travel partners. Um, and so they match this up against um, Albany State and Fort Valley. And then you'll play them within two days. You'll play one on, say, uh, Thursday and another on a Saturday or, or Saturday and a Monday. And then they'll give you like three days to do a turnaround and come back and play those same teams. And so whichever one you played last on that stretch, you play first, then you get one day in between uh, before you play the next. And so they've kind of done that the last three years. So it's a lot of familiarity with those teams that you plan um, because you just played them 
Um, but, you know, it's exciting. You know, the kids love to play. Um, we're playing a lot of games, man, uh, really quick. And so, you know, just the turnaround and preparation time is real limited. But like I said, we've been doing a good job with watching film with our guys, and they've been doing a good job with executing uh, when it's time to win the games. Two historic programs, well, I say programs, but schools, and, and two of the more important schools uh, in the history of all of our schools are important. But when you think about Howard, you think about Morehouse, I mean, it, it, you know, brand-wise, I'm not sure it gets much bigger uh, than that, particularly from a historic perspective. So you you all were able to play Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday uh, in Washington, D.C. You fall by six points uh, in that game. A, speak to how your team played, and B, what it meant playing in that game against Howard. Well, that was always an honor. Uh, we've been trying to get a game against Howard for a long time, um, and we finally made it happen last year on King's birthday, which is big time because we go out there and we actually get with the D.C. alumni chapter. We actually go out to the to the King Monument, and they have like a little ceremony and everything. So we do that. So it's a good it's a good opportunity for us and our players to meet up with some alumni across the nation. But just the game itself is very electric. That's a high intense environment when we come to town to play those guys. Coach is doing a really good job over there with that group. And so we just be kind of honored to go out there and play. Um, but as far as how we play, you know, the kids that I recruited, I felt could play somewhere at a D Division One level. And so, you know, I know that we can compete with those guys. Um, we just didn't make certain plays down the stretch uh, that actually could have helped us win that game. We were in it pretty much the whole way. It was like a one-point game within the last two minutes. Um, and then we missed some shots and having to foul and them making free throws is what kind of stressed it out to a six-point game. But, you know, I've been extremely proud of the way my guys have just reacted and, and the way they answered the challenge in the huddles when things is looking kind of slim for us, you know, that we, we're always in the game just because of the fight that the guys put on. And so I just appreciate them and all their efforts. Doug Whitler in his third season as the head men's basketball coach at Morehouse joins us here. On box to row, I mean, you've got some guys, I mean, as I look here, I mean, you've got pretty balanced scoring. You know, it's led by Cedric Taylor the third, who's averaging 11.7 uh, points per game for you. Just speak to, you, you mentioned having a bunch of new guys. So can you speak to how this team has sort of meshed? And, and again, you've got balanced scoring uh, within your group. Every, I think is we play about nine guys consistently. And we've had eight out of the nine leaders in scoring in a game. And so we know that the score can come from anywhere. Um, this is just a very unselfish group of guys um, who just, they, they, they stick to the program, stick to the plan. And on any night, it could be anybody's night. So we never really know who's going to be the lead scorer. Uh, I think said is the third person so far to be at the top of leading us in scoring for the season. It was Keyshawn Peggins at one time, Damian Mitchell at another time, uh, Jaden Gray at another time, and and, and now with Cedric Taylor. He's, he's a true freshman, a uh, young freshman, too. The kid was 17 when he came into Morehouse. He's 18 now, but he's been playing tremendous basketball for us, defensively, offensively, rebounding, you know, being able to hit his shot. Um, Got to get him a little better on the free throw line more consistently. Um, but he's doing a heck of a job, and this is a very fun team for me to coach. 
Um, you know, I pretty much recruited all these guys with the exception of one. Um, my assistant coach, Harold Clay, recruited him. But, um, you know, it, it was just good to, you know, get a group of kids, man, who just listen to you and, and, and believe in the process and trust the process and fall in love with it. I think they began begun to fall in love with the process. And that's one thing that Coach Brewer used to tell us and teach us when I was a player and when I was an assistant coach up and he said, you say, which you got to trust the process and fall in love with the process. And I have, and I've been trying to translate that to my guys and they've been coming through with the process. You mentioned coach Brewer, Grady Brewer passed away back in 2021, had a chance to have him on this program uh, a couple of times. Morehouse has had good programs. You were part not only as a player, uh, with the program, but also uh, as an assistant coach before you took over after his passing. Speak about him, who he meant to you. Oh, man. I mean, I, I don't even have all the words that can explain that. Um, coach Brewer did so much for me first, just allowing me to be a part of the program as a student athlete um, coming from where I was coming from. And he, he helped me when I was in a down situation and he mentored me well. I came back to school. I remember when my eligibility was up and and I called him and I told him, coach, I'm going to come back to school to get my degree. And he was like, all right, we're we going to see. We're we going to be here. And so um, I, I'll never forget because I pulled up to the school. And at the time, I had a lot of hair. Um, and Coach Brewer used to want us to, you can have an afro, but you better comb it or you got to have, I ain't dealing with no braids and, and I ain't dealing with, with all of that. That's how it was at the time. And I had braids, but I cut it because I knew I was coming back and I wanted to work with Coach Brewer. And so I came back, cut my hair. Um, I walked in the office and he just kind of lit up. Like he was he was kind of surprised and shocked to see me. But I came back and, you know, I asked him then if I could help him out with the team while I finished my degree. That was back in 09. I actually graduated in 2011. And he allowed me to do that. And, you know, once I graduated, he kept me on staff and hired me. And, um, you know, I was so happy and just grateful and thankful that I was able to pursue my goals and my dreams because, you know, when I was coming up as a young boy in Detroit, the only thing dream I ever really had was to be a PE teacher, be a basketball coach. That was it. And I've been blessed to have been able to skip middle school, high school uh, basketball and jump right into college. And um, that's all just through, through, through the greatness and, you know, the heart of Coach Brewer. You know, he trusted me. I, I We did a lot um, together. We had some very good seasons. Um, you know, I worked extremely hard for him. I, I really wanted to try to win him an SIC conference tournament, um, and we were never able to get it. We got to the championship a couple times, but but we're never able to pull it out. And so I miss him tremendously. Um, I got him up here on my wall. He looking at me smiling. Sometimes he's laughing. I look at that picture and I think he's laughing at me um, with some of the stuff that he told me I was going to be going through with this job. Um, but he was just a great, not only a great coach, but a great person and a great man. And I love him so much. And I, I just really appreciate him giving me the opportunity that he did. Coach Whitler, I got about 30 seconds. If you can tell us your thoughts on Edward Waters, some of the challenges that the Tigers present your next game on Saturday. That's a good team. Well, Colts, they're in shape. Um, They're going to full court pressure. They're going to trap you. We got to be ready to come and play um, that game. And so, you know, I think we'll we'll have the guys prepared because they did edges out by one um, down there in Jacksonville. 
But, um, you know, they're coming to Atlanta now, and, you know, we'll be prepared to hopefully come out there and win that game. Douglas Whitler again in his third season as the head men's basketball coach at Morehouse joining us here on Box to Row again. You look at the Maroon Tigers sit atop the SIAC standings and a uh, home tilt or home bout against Edward Waters on Saturday. Coach Whitler, really appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Maroon Tigers. Thank you, Don. I appreciate you as well. You got it, Coach Whitler. Dante Jackson, the head men's basketball coach at Grambling, is up next. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for him. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. Michael B. Jordan. And, and, I, and I think it's a testament to, you know, what HBCUs mean to people, you know, and, 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 and having that community and culture and shining a light on the universities, you know what I'm saying, in a real way and creating a pipeline from these kids in high school and making them feel good about wanting to land at HBCU. We have high, you know, high, high talent. Um, and often it's gone and shipped out to other places. It's never poured back into the community. So if we can create an environment that's cool and a beacon of light and people want to feel like they want to be here. And so putting it on a national stage is really big. You know, most of the time these kids don't get televised games. You know what I'm saying? So be able to put them on Turner in a real way was really, really important. Um, and, and, and then the brands and then the sponsors, you know what I'm saying? And getting, you know, the NBA, you know, scouts and looks to come in and hopefully like build this thing bigger. The one and only Stephen A. Smith. It's my sincere hope that when my ride ends, I'll get a big hug and a big thank you for what I tried to do for other people when I was at the top. Because that's all you have to lean on at the end of the day, bro. I mean, I, I plan on being successful for years to come, but it ain't gonna last forever. And, you know, when my day comes, when, when it's the end of the road and it's time for somebody else to be in my seat, in my chair, you know, it's my hope that whoever though that person or those people are, people that knew I cared about them and believed than them to help them get to this place. Hey, Spike Lee. Thank you. I haven't heard that. I mean, I've been on, the, on rails all over the nation. Thank you for that question. I'm a third generation Morehouse man. I was taught to speak your truth and that there's very special about being a Morehouse man the same way you feel about your school. The same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway. And I'm proud to be a Morehouse man. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Just really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. And, uh, it's a great story and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you get to <laughs> You know what is good, and, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better, and, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. As we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi Valley State University? <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought awareness to the school, and after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Dave Roberts, manager of the L.A. Dodgers to be 
person of color and be the manager of the Dodgers. What does that mean to you? I think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility. With recency and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that really come to light, which is, I believe, are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball. To do things the right way, to hopefully give other people of color opportunity. Hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honest. You football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have going to Division One, NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to Winston-Salem State University, a uh, black college, something that my city had never seen before, may never see again, and just having a up-close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melo. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music movies and sports say my favorite three topics Hey y'all, it is the EST of WWE The strongest, the fastest, the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best On Box to Row From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show That is the voice and the talk of HBCU Sports With a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment Check the show out online at BoxToRow.com That's From the Press Box to Press Row Real Relevant Radio we're going to keep things moving here on Box to Row. We're joined by a gentleman in his seventh season as the head men's basketball coach at Grambling. The Tigers are 7-2 and two in SWAC play in first place, as a matter of fact, and got a home uh, matchup on Saturday uh, hosting Alabama State. Then on Monday against Alabama A&M previous to Grambling, he was the head coach at Stillman. Previous to that, the head coach at Central State Dante Jackson joins us here on Box to Row. What's going on, Coach Jackson? Not too much, not too much. But it's just what when you say previous to Central State, that's my alma mater. So, you know, I got to make sure I show the, show the Marauders some love. Yeah, you you always have. Now, I'm thinking uh, we may, you and I talking, we may go back. I know we go back to Stillman. I, do yep. we go back to the Central State days? I think we, we do. We go back to Central State. We go back to Central State because I remember uh, the Kentucky State-Central State rivalry. Uh, we we talked one time during the Kentucky State-Central State rivalry, and we did a lot more talking when I got to Stillman. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You guys, <laughs> you were you were making it happen. And you know what's interesting? It was great to meet you. We had never met in person until uh, last year at the HBCU All-Star Game, yep. which was yep. great. It was good to meet you in person. Tell what did what, How was that experience? for you last year oh man incredible experience uh you know the nba did an incredible job putting on the event you you sit back and you you first off you get to see all the pros and they element and then the pros are actually interacting with your student athletes and they element and it's all intertwined and for our student athletes what other you know venue event of that magnitude that can they actually participate in so it was incredible. You know, last weekend with uh, in Jersey was credible. It's, it's just great to play in both those events. No doubt. 22 games into the season. Your thoughts on how the team has played to this point? Uh, 
22 games into the season, uh, our non-conference schedule was the fifth toughest non-conference schedule in the country. You know, coming off a season, you go 24 and nine and be two power fives. You don't, you don't have a chance to uh, sneak up on nobody. So you, you're getting the best opponents. So it is what it is. But I feel like our guys are continuing to grow. Uh, we we, we kind of added some new guys to go with our old guys. And we're growing. We're getting better. And I think we're in a good space right now just with the way we're playing. Yeah. Uh, can Was it difficult? or can you? And maybe it wasn't. I mean, I think sometime you, you mentioned a tough schedule. I mean, you lost nine straight games, but you were playing, like you said, big power five schools. Was that how, how tough was that uh, in terms of not just the nine game stretch, but but losing those nine games? It was tough because uh, in the past we had won some of those games that, you know, we, we could have won, should have won or whatever. But if the ball wasn't bouncing our way, but throughout that moment, throughout that time, I was trying to take small games and small wins for them because it was a, we were getting better. Like, like we're actually getting better, fellas. Like, it may not reflect on the win-loss record, but it's reflected in our play. So, you know, we go out there, first game, Colorado. You know, you know I'll give you a prime example. We play our first home game, we win. But I'm just totally not happy with the way we won. And, you know, I go in there and I blast them. I tell them, if we play like this, we're going to lose by 50 to Colorado. You know, the new guys don't understand how hard they have to play at this level. And I'm like, this Division One basketball for you JUCO guys, this ain't an, it ain't off day. You have to come prepared every day mentally to, 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 to play your A game. And we go to Colorado, what do we do? Lose by 50. <laughs> like, it's just, it is what it is. And slowly but surely, Towards the end of the year, we get the Drake and we lose them by we in a six, seven point game. And they looking around like we can win. Oh, no, we can win if we just played the right way all the time. And this transition to when, when we got in conference. So I, I think we moving the needle forward. Did did did, did it feel uh, no, you know, you hitting on that. Uh, the game against Drake takes me back. I, it was my first time at the SWAC tournament championship last year. That was a tough loss. I felt like you could have won that ball game. Yes, and then, you know, like I told uh, I told our guys, we picked the wrong day to have a bad half. You know, uh, unfortunately, you know, we played, got down almost 20 points to Texas Southern in that game. We fought all the way back, took the lead, but we took – it took us too long to get going. And losing Jordan Smith uh, that game, you know, he's our – you know, he's basically playing the best basketball on our team at that point in time. You know, even though Cam Christian won player of the year, Jordan Smith was playing lights out to go along with Cam Christian. So – Tough, 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 tough situation, tough momentum change in that moment. But, you know, just a testament to our guys to fight back and make it a game. And, you know, unfortunately, we came up short. Dante Jackson in the seventh season as the head men's basketball coach at Grambling as he joins us here on Box to Row. All wins are great wins, but it's got to feel great to beat your rival. And you did that because you guys, meaning Southern, are right now tied for first place in the SWAC, T- kind of talk to us about that win in particular. Man, first off, Coach Jones is, at Southern is doing a phenomenal job in his first year down there. You know, Coach KJ, he's he's a phenomenal coach. You know, he's you know a Louisiana guy through and through from being at sitting there as a head coach, Lafayette, Tulane. You know, coaches, you know, has this guy playing really well. And, you know, of course, incredible atmosphere being at home at Grambling. It, it was a crazy type game. We get down 17, win by 17. So I hope that ain't the case at Southern. But at the end of the day, you know, it's always a hostile game. It's, it's an incredible environment. And it's the basketball Bayou Classic. So you got to be ready to play. 
Yet being down by 17, is it something you said? What 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 sort of change did it did the what happened with the guys? Like to go down 17 in that game, no less, and to ultimately come back and win by 17. I mean, that's a that's a you know that's two opposite ends of the spectrum. Listen, I told, like I told you, coach, coach, coach Johnson had his guys ready to play, and you know our guys came out there. You know, I think they were ready to play, but we kind of just didn't make the shots early. You know, it was open shots, missed layups. You know, we had some bad turnovers. And, you know, we went into half and I talked to them about life. And, you know, and life is about adversity. And how do you counteract adversity? You know, the tale of a real man is when you're down, are you going to get up? And that's a real man in that locker room. They got up and found a way to make it happen. Dante Jackson again in his seventh season as the head men's basketball coach at Grambling joins us here on the program. As, of course, the Tigers are going to be at home on Saturday against Alabama State. Contavious Dozier is one of the players, right? Like he's your leading scorer. I mean, you've got some guys that can really play, but speak to what he's meant to this team. Man, Contavious is an incredible person, you know, and and, and that's that's the best compliment I can give any basketball player. He's a better person than basketball player, and he's a damn good basketball player, just to tell you the truth. You know, coming into, you know, recruiting him, he was the leading scorer in JUCO. You know, we recruited him his freshman year. We tried to get him his freshman year. He went back to JUCO, came back his sophomore year. We were all over him. We signed him early because we knew he was one of those guys. And he's a guy that brings it every day, a hard worker, competes at a high level and he's just he's just always ultra positive you know it's so funny it's like hey man you should have made that shot man coach Steph Curry missed too it's like, <laughs> it's like you know always just so positive man he's just a positive incredible young man and you know that's the type of kids you always want to recruit in your program people that's actually phenomenal basketball players but a better a phenomenal person you know I, I think it's interesting having having come from you know, the Midwest yourself, Milwaukee, having played at Central State, uh, coached at Central State. Now, you you know, you go you go to Stillman, but now you come to, to D1 ball in the South and took a Grambling program that had been struggling and you're winning. You're only, you've only had one losing season in seven. So speak to how you've been able to sort of really build this program and and turn it around from where it was. Well, you know, first off, you know, I always give credit to Sean Walker. You know, Coach Walker, but who I far got here, Coach Walker, he kind of laid a good foundation. So we walked in, we had some good players here, you know, I brought in some good players. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, I always tell people, man, it, it, it's basketball, you know, discipline, accountability, and players. <laughs> like, you know, you got to give them discipline. They got to be accountable. And more important, you got to have some players. So, you know, once we, once we kind of put that into, you know, got that rolling you know, the guys they all bought in and i never forget it's uh we were just in jersey this past weekend we had one of our former players jason perry murray who was on our first regular season championship team he came back and he talked about that midnight practice you know coming in making these dudes practice at midnight and he I always told them you know winners find a way to win and that that's been you know one of the things we tell people like you got to find a way to win like I, by all means necessary you got to figure it out uh, sometimes you might got to box out sometimes you got to make shots sometimes you got to set screens but you got to do whatever you need to do to win and just having these guys believe in and sacrifice for one another because this is a family this is a brotherhood no matter what they do when they come back for homecoming they're going to be looking for each other so you want to make sure that people know that you was one of the best teams that played here Dante Jackson, the head men's basketball coach at Grambling, joins us here on the program. A couple of more thoughts. Is this more your team? Is it more of a of a of a veteran team? Is it more of a of guys that have 
you've kind of bring into the program and mesh together? What, what kind of team do you have? It's a veteran team with some new young guys that's meshing. So at times, you know, you can look like, man, well, well it, it, it ain't flowing right. But at times you can see where it can really go. But I got to give credit to Tremichael Moan, Jordan Smith, and Zahad Mumford. You know, Tremichael Moan and uh, Zahad Mumford were the first group of freshmen we recruited here six years ago. It's funny with COVID, right? Six years ago. Right, but right. First group, <laughs> so now they go into their sixth season, so fifth season, sixth season. But we recruited them, you know, and they got the COVID year. They came back, and, and they grambling through and through. So it's just culturally, they're always telling dudes what needs to happen. Jordan Smith, culturally telling guys exactly what needs to happen. And just having those guys be able to be leaders for us, you know, through thick and thin, it's just been amazing. So now our younger guys, we like Catavius Dozier, Antoine Burnett, Michael, I mean, Michael Stevenson, they get an opportunity to play, but they're playing alongside leaders. So now whatever it may be going on, when it get too rough, they got somebody to lean on. And that was one of the things, you know, it was a challenge early because we're playing some of the young guys and the older guys like, man, coach, we, we should be playing this way. No, 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 no. If we're going to win SWAC, we got to play this way, get used to playing this way. And, you know, it's just a, it's a balancing act for all those guys because they all want to be on the court. They all want to make a difference, but it's a, it's, it's a, it's a process that we all have to go through to get to the best version of this team. Alabama State, uh, your thoughts on some of the challenges that the Hornets present? Uh, Coach Matlock does a great job with his team. Uh, you know, they they do a great job of getting up and down. They they got several different guys that score well. You know, you always got to worry about his son and C.J. Hines, those two in the backcourt. So Isaiah Range, we just got to do a good job of, you know, contested shots, making sure we keep guys in front of them. And, you know, we got to rebound at a high level. And then we got to do a great job of executing because if we do, if we, if we turn the ball over on them, they get out in transition so fast. So we got to do a good job of executing, making sure we hit shots and take care of the ball. Dante Jackson, seventh season as the head men's basketball coach at Grambling, joins us here on Box to Row. The Tigers are going to be at home on Saturday against Alabama State at home on Monday against Alabama A&M. Coach Jackson, always great to catch up with you. Appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Tigers. Man, I appreciate you having me, Mr. Ware. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Still plenty of season left to play, but certainly the Grambling Tigers under Dante Jackson on the right path. The North Carolina A&T Lady Aggie basketball program is ranked in the top 25 of the mid-major poll and head coach Terrell Robinson will join us next. Missed any of our shows? How about our conversations with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment? Check out Box to Row podcast at BoxToRow.com or on Apple Podcasts. Hey there, fellow travelers. It's me, the Hotel Wiz. Before you go anywhere, call me day or night for hotel rates too low to publish. I'll save you up to 75% on over 500,000 hotels across the globe. You see, I've already done the research, so you don't have to spend time online trying to find the best deal. That's up to 75% off. Just call me, the Hotel Wiz. It's a free call, and you get instant access to rates too low to publish with no cancellation fees. Make a free call now and save up to 75% off your hotel rooms the next time you're going somewhere for business or pleasure. Call the Hotel Wiz now and get instant access to rates too low to publish. 800 800- 
Call the Hotel Wiz right now for rates too low to publish at 800-811-3471. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box Box to Box to Box to Row. Last but not least, joining us today here on Box to Row, we're joined by a gentleman in his 12th season as the head women's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T. The Lady Aggies ranked number 24 in the mid-major poll by collegeinsider.com and have really been on a roll uh, in the CAA, one of the better teams, as a matter of fact, the last a couple of years. Terrell Robinson's the all-time winningest coach in Lady Aggie history, and he joins us here on Box to Row. What's going on, Coach Robinson? Nothing much, man. How you doing? Glad to be here. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. This is um, this is a great streak, and and, and I want to start with the way that your team is. Well, let me even start here first. I know last year you were ranked in the uh, collegeinsider.com uh, top 25 mid-major poll. What, what does it mean to be ranked? And you, your young ladies obviously are playing very well right now. Well, I mean, you know, to be recognized um, throughout the country because it is the top 25 mid-majors in the country to be considered um, one of the, you know, top programs. I mean, it says everything about, um, you know, how we operate, you know, from um, just strategically, you know, from a development standpoint, obviously from a strategy, you know, standpoint, um, our system, the type of young women we recruit, uh, athletics department, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a separator. And it's obviously uh, the thing that I like the most about it is it's always good for recruiting um, those emails and let them know, you know, what's going on in Lady Aggie basketball. Was it a surprise? I, I don't know if you or your team looks at it this way, but your team was picked to finish, you know, in the bottom half of, of, of the conference in the preseason after finishing in the top half in your first season. Were you surprised by that? Is that a motivation to you or the Lady Aggie players? Oh, absolutely. It was absolutely. And and to the point that you made a little bit early, we were the only other CAA team to be in the top 25 mid-major last year, you know, so um, it was it was a shock to me. Um, I, I thought that we get in our first year, we proved that we were a program that was capable of competing against the best in this league. Um, and, you know, we just use it, use it for motivation. Um, every every game, you know, we talk about it. We, we say that this team voted against us, <laughs> you know, to try to get a girl's hype and they um, they they responded. Um, and I'm excited, you know, that, um, you know, that they have. I really think we have one of the best teams in the league. Uh, I really feel like we have some of the best players in the league. And it's great to see this winning streak. And you just want to keep it going, want to keep the vibes right, want to keep them locked in so we can finish the job. You played a tough schedule, as you generally do, to kind of start the season. You know, the Georgia game, tough loss. But, I mean, you, you, you I think you had Georgia by eight points in the first half before losing. But then you played – propel that to a victory over an ACC opponent in Wake Forest. Can you kind of speak to that? That's, I mean, that's not new to you or the Lady Aggie program in terms of some big wins. And I think, I think, I think you've beaten Wake Forest in the past, but I mean, that's a big mm-hmm. win for mid majors, if you will. And the Lady Aggie program. Yeah. It raises, it raises an eyebrow, you know, when people are scrolling through seeing, uh, 
the, the games and they see that A&T, you know, was able to knock off ACC school, um, a high academia school, you know, right up the street, you know, from, um, you know, from Greensboro. Um, but, yeah, you know, you know I, I really feel like, you know, this group, um, I feel like we have the experience, we have the talent. Um, we're not as consistent as we need to be. That hurt us since Georgia. Um, and just use that with weight, you know, when we're when we're up, you know, when we're we're playing well, you know, we got to sustain that in order to get the big their time too, you know, but we got to stick to the strategy, stick, stick to um, the scout, um, stick to playing together, something that I, I really try to preach to this talented group that I have. And um, and those wins right now, or even competing against those teams right now, help us because I, I tell our players, we played better, already played against the best. So we're not afraid of the moment that's in front of us as far as CAA play. That's the voice of Terrell Robinson, the head women's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T in his 12th season as he joins us here on Box to Row. This streak that you're on, it began with a three-pointer by your center, Shania Clark, uh, to send the game to overtime that you pulled out against Towson uh, back on January the 7th. Just speak to how well you've played this last month. They've been very resilient, man. That game, you're right. That um, after we won that game, Malia Bracon was like, you know, she was like, Coach, we really won it. Yeah, absolutely. I've been telling you all that. We just got to, you know, um, have big plays like that. I mean, that's, you know, a lot of times how basketball is played. One game, one play gives you the confidence that you can you can take on and beat anybody. Shania works on those shots, man. I, you know, I say she's one of our best shooters. Malia Bracon is our best shooter. Shaq is right there, right behind her um, in second, you know, in practice that just stroke that ball. Um, so I was confident, you know, that you put Malia and Shaq in a screening situation, one of them going to make some, something happen. And Shaq was able to down that shot, and then we was able to win in overtime. You're an alum of A&T, played on the men's basketball team back in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s. It, it, we could talk a little bit more about that. But let me take you back to November 22nd, 2022, when your team defeated South Carolina State in Orangeburg, it was your 192nd victory as the uh, the Lady Aggies head coach all-time. It, it made you now the all-time winningest coach in A&T history. What did that game and that moment mean to you? And then what does it mean to you to be the all-time uh, winningest coach at your alma mater? Man, I love this university. Um, you know, it tells me, that one, I made the right decision at the age of 18 when I decided to come to North Carolina A&T State University. And I made the right decision when I decided to stay. You know, like all kids they deal with now, you always, when things don't get off to a great start um, in college, you always second guess and wonder if it were another option or if you should transfer. And, um, and you know, I feel like my steps have been ordered. I feel like I was supposed to be here. I was supposed to make this decision. I feel like I was supposed to be a women's basketball coach. I've had plenty of opportunities to go back to the men's side, but I truly feel like this is where God wants me. And the success speaks for itself. You know, being an all-time winning as coach is not something that I really thought about when I took the job. It was just trying to fill the shoes and fill the void that Patricia Cage Bibb left here. You know, she was um, a legend in her own right, someone that got me in the position that I'm in right now, and I just wanted to make sure that the program was still in safe hands when I took over the job and then next thing you know, people start talking about records and, and numbers and countdowns. Um, and it was, it was fine. It was great to finally get it done, man. That, that South Carolina state game, because there was pressure in just 
getting it. I thought that we would have got it the year before uh, when we were in the Big South, but we didn't. Um, and it was just, I'm just thankful, you know, for uh, Chancellor Martin, uh, you know, uh, Earl Hilton for giving me this opportunity. And I just truly try to make the best of it every day, you know, with these young people, um, you know, with my staff, you know, and just try to really show Aggie pride. How well, or can you speak to how well your point guard, Jordan Dorsey, is playing? By the way, the HBCU National Player of the Week. She's lights out, man. She's, uh, we, we watched film the other day, and she's like, Coach, I'm locked in. Locked in, and she said it with a serious face, and she she appears to be that, you know. And Jordan, I thought, um, to her own standards, got off to a rocky start earlier. We watch a lot of film. We have a lot of conversation. Um, Jordan is just such a hard worker, such a good person, so humble. Um, she's getting everything she deserves right now. She checks all the boxes. She's she's the example of buy-in. Um, you know, like she just, you know, things that I talk to her about, I see her trying to do it on the floor. Like one of the things, like right now, the way she's getting to that foul line, because I told her, like, in, in regards to scoring points, we have a team, we have a lot of pieces. We've got Malia Cone, Demaya Tucker, Shania Clark, Layla Acock. You got a lot of people that that at any point in time can have good games. And I said, but if you want to consistently have a good game, get to that foul line. You can you can make only three shots and get to the foul line 18, 18 times, and you got 30 to 50 points. And she was uh, eight times, and she was like, um, you know, she thought about that because I told her that a lot of our opponents were going under screens. You know, I said, because they don't want to deal with Jordan Dorsey in the paint. they rather Jordan Dorsey shoot a jump shot and, and settle um, for your 40% shooting, you know, your four out of 10 shots that you'll make from the three-point line. They want to deal with, they rather deal with that than you attacking the basket and not just creating for yourselves, but for your teammates. She's finished a lot of games with us at the line. Um, she wants to win a championship. She's getting everything she deserves. I'm thankful that she was named Boxer Row National Player um, of the week. And, and I hope that more accolades like that come for Jordan. But um, from the moment that we started recruiting her, um, you know, I told her that she would be one of the best to come out of, of this program and this university. And right now she's starting to, starting to uh, show that. Your thoughts on Drexel, your next opponent on Sunday, you're on the road in Philly. Your thoughts on Drexel. When you, when you can say that you won the last four CAA championships, like Drexel can say, I think that says everything. You know, I I, I am not uh, one that looks at records. Um, you look at culture. You know, Coach Mallon knows what she's doing um, there, and um, and they've got a tremendous culture. And any moment of time, their team can get hot, get confident. Um, and it's a game that concerns me. They're they're a very attention to detail team. They follow scout hard to mark. They have multiple sets and multiple actions. Um, and then the even bigger thing is they've had a buy. They've had since Tuesday or Monday to focus on North Carolina Anti State University. They didn't play on Friday. So we have to get a well-prepared prepared and rested Drexel team. Again, in his 12th season as the head women's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T is Terrell Robinson. The Lady Aggies ranked number 24 in the mid-major poll and on the road on Sunday against defending CAA tournament champion Drexel. And again, he's the all-time winningest coach in A&T women's basketball history. Coach Robinson, we appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Lady Aggies. Thank you. Take care. Appreciate it, Coach Robinson. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Terrell Robinson. Thank you to Douglas Whitler. Thank you to Dante Jackson for joining us today here on Box to Row. For more information on the program, log on to our website, Box to Row. 
Bet.com. And always remember to support those that support your box to row is produced by DW Communications.